0: I just try to imagine what they're asking, and then I answer that question. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I'm Mark. I'm Justin. We're the J-Pops. And we are Attempting Parenting in Japan. Welcome to episode 77.
1: Today, we're going to talk about the terrible twos. It's the most fun period any parent could have with their children.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're both staring down the barrel of that gun.
1: I wouldn't stay, say that I'm staring down the barrel of it. I am, uh, I'm being shot
0: out of that. barrel. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would say I'm taking a shot to the face from the barrel. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's full and... velocity right now.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and our kids, uh, I guess we can just get right into those updates, but Nico's going to be two in about a week. So less than a week from when this right. airs, he will officially become two. And then that means uh code about a couple of months away from being two. Right. Yep. Yeah. So it's coming exactly. soon. The emotions are here. The age is about to catch up.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they are. All right. Well, let's do some updates. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go?
0: uh you you can take over here, yeah, you go first. Oh, yeah, you've got
1: more, so i'll uh I'll clear the runway for you, yeah, um, yeah, Emma, Emma's good. She's four months now, and she's she's a big girl at this point. We had a checkup was it last week week before I dude, I can't keep my week straight. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was in the past, <laughs> and uh she's over eight kilograms now at four Get months it. old, which is right at the high end of that, like, curve where where you're supposed to be in the normal range. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but we, uh, we hung out with Joe and his daughter last week, and then com- they look almost identical. She's mm. like 10 months old, and Emma's like four, oh, and it's yeah. like real close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we have a bunch of, like, three to six month clothing, and uh, she's already, like, pushing the limits on those
0: things. <laughs> she's, like, snapping buttons and just busting yeah, out of it. We,
1: we can't use some of them. So, so she's healthy. That's all that to say. She's healthy, and she's doing well. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's all, it's all going well. But, um, we found out she hates late night car
0: rides with a passion oh man I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say like late night with Conan O'Brien or something I was going to be kind of with a passion (laughs) oh no
1: Coco (laughs) save yourself Uh, no 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 everybody loves Conan yeah where Uh... where did you go in the car (laughs) well okay so like two weeks ago it was uh, Moy's Cousins birthday and we went out to a restaurant in Toyama City and they were accommodating they they chose a nice place that was supposed to have like a private room and uh it was pretty early it was like a 5:30ish dinner which is normal time for us but we uh we went inside and it's pretty it was pretty much an izakaya mm-hmm. right <laughs> uh there was no smoking inside thankfully or we would have just left right away but like Emma was just not having any of it and cried like Basically, 10 minutes after we got there and sat down at the table mm-hmm. until we got home, I'd say <laughs> three hours later. Wow.
0: What a marathon.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's really all you can say. It's a marathon. Yeah. Like, there was nothing. There was a point in the car where we had to pull over and, like, check on her, and we're just like, what is happening? What What is going on with life right now? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you start questioning things. Like, <laughs> yeah. re-
0: is reality real? <laughs> Was Coda registering this, like also crying or putting his hands over his ears or anything?
1: Coda was the happiest he could be, just (laughs) hanging out, doing his own thing. He would occasionally look at her and just give a look like, what is happening over there? (laughs) But then like we had some like Peppa Pig and Paw Patrol on, and he was just kind of happy doing it. Yeah, sweet. So nothing. The next one happened like a week later, also after dinner at Moy's cousin driving home. And she just cried the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Hopefully, well, hopefully this doesn't last.
0: Yeah, it's that good thing to learn. You know, like they say, sometimes when you're dealing with a kid, you learn what sets them off, and then you just avoid that thing. So, right. Maybe if you have a year of not going anywhere at night, it'll be smooth sailing. That's the solution.
1: <laughs> that's that's fun. <laughs> that'll be a good lifestyle for you yeah. <laughs> I think I think we do have a kind of a solution because before these events we had a binky that we think was too small and she just hated it mm-hmm. so anytime we tried to put it in she would just instantly like spit it out mm-hmm. but uh, the other day Moe brought one of the old binkies that we had from Coda, who he didn't use it um, and tried that with her and she loved it and instantly fell asleep So this may be our car ride solution from now on. Oh, could be good.
0: That's the kind of problem solving I like to see because there's so many variables with a kid. And then when you can land on something that actually works, it's like a miracle. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, the ultimate test is we're going to have to try to go have dinner somewhere again and then drive home. Yeah. We'll see if it actually works. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good
0: luck to you all. Uh, The worst we had was we had seven people in the car i think it was yeah there were uh three kids who were two and under and then this was in america and then four adults it was my wife and i and nico who was not yet one and then my uh my two sisters and each of them had their kids there were two one and zero and uh nico and the one-year-old got into like a cry-off and we were on a 45 minute (laughs) drive I know I told this at the time, but we were on a 45-minute drive to a place to get their photos taken, and it was, I mean, it was the entire 45-minute drive of best-case scenario, only one of them screaming at the top of their lungs, Uh, but generally it was both of them because, like, one would get riled up by the other one, and, like, they Uh. could never settle down as long as the other one was going, Uh, so then we showed up and it was like total red faces, tears, snot all over their faces. And, then we were like, okay, time for the professional photography. And, uh, but they snapped too. As soon as we got them out of the car, we wiped their faces off and they took really cute photos, very cute, rosy cheeked photos. Um, nice, but yeah, it was
1: like both times I got Emma out of the car afterwards. She was just happy as can be.
0: Yeah. Just it's not, like, what what happened? Yeah. In that case, I often wonder, like, I wonder if their shirt was just, like, wrinkled up behind their back and it was uncomfortable or something. Like, because I don't yeah. know if kids register that kind of discomfort the same way we would. But imagine if you're just, like, I don't know, if your, like, pants are bunched up or something, you're like, this sucks, you know? But then if you couldn't express it, that, you would just shout yeah. about it until it was over. Yeah. So, uh, Yeah i wonder if that's the case or if kids are you know kids are squishy and malleable and always comfortable usually so i don't know if that actually happens to them or not but that's my theory but yeah that 45 minutes of two kids screaming in the car it was really uh like it was very tense it wasn't just like uh something you you show up and you're like oh well they stopped crying good it's like you're on edge you know it was yeah pretty horrible
1: yeah it really like changes your whole like outlook (laughs) yeah it does having to deal with that for an extended period yeah (laughs) uh well that's emma um so move on to coda coda is 22 months now Mm -hmm. uh, just a few days ago two days ago now and he was sick again last week
0: hey all right back on track
1: he had some strep throat oh boy yeah which is super fun and it's accompanied by a uh, little moodiness
0: and a rash so that was a good uh, <laughs> That's 4 funny. day stretch yeah <laughs> uh and that was diagnosed as strep throat and he got the antibiotics and everything yeah yeah i yeah, was he got a, sent
1: home oh
0: go ahead uh, i was a strep man as a child like i was just i was strep throat constantly and oh, i think oh really yeah, the worst that it got, I think I had strep throat three separate times in one winter. You know, it would oh my god like do the whole course, and then a couple of weeks later get it again. But uh, it was yeah, pretty much constant strep throat for me.
1: I think I only ever had it twice. Oh that yeah, I can remember it. Wow. it actually being strep.
0: That was my main thing. And damn, I'm gonna blow everybody's mind. You may already know this, but did you know that strep throat can be fatal? Have you heard about this before? No, I don't think I've heard it's fatal. If you don't, I guess
1: it could be. It's a bacteria. So yeah,
0: if you just don't treat it, then uh, the bacteria yeah. can work its way uh, to other parts of your body, and you can like you can get strep infections in your organs and stuff, and you can die from it. And um, I think I'm ninety nine percent sure about this. So uh, everybody fact check me, but I think strep throat is ultimately what killed Jim Henson. Who's the founder of the Muppets, you know, and was the voice of Kermit the Frog and all that. Uh, really? Yeah. At like Je-
1: 50 or something?
0: Yeah. He was like a workaholic and he. Um, oh, they were doing a deal with Disney to sell the Muppets property to Disney. And so on top of like all of his Sesame Street stuff and his Muppet stuff, he was trying to hammer out this business agreement with Disney and he just wouldn't go home. He would just work, 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 and he got a sore throat. And then that went on for a couple of weeks. And then eventually he got in such bad condition, they hospitalized him at the hospital. They were like, there's nothing we can do. he's just like totally overrun with this bacteria. And then he died that night. And um, the hospital, I think the doctors said that if you had even brought him in like a couple of hours earlier, we could have gotten some emergency antibiotic treatment into him and it probably would have saved his life. But like eventually it just like tips over and um, it it can be fatal. But that always spooked me as a child, (laughs) like the strep throat can kill you. Oh, yeah. um, If you get the antibiotics, it's smooth sailing. It's pretty light, light duty. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, he recovered in a couple days. I think his fever lasted like two days or something. Then antibiotics kicked in and he was just a little grumpy and but he was fine.
0: Yeah, that's good news. <clears throat> Another one in the books for Coda. Another disease defeated. Yeah. yeah. But
1: since then, um, man, he eats all the time. Oh, that's good. Grown boy. Like, dude, he's like, he'll wake up, he'll grab my hand and take me over to his chair, meaning like Me in the chair, I'm ready to eat. Yeah. And then like we'll finish dinner, we'll be doing something. Then suddenly he'll just grab my hand and take me over to the chair. (laughs) Like it's it's constant these days. So he's he's growing, he's doing well.
0: That's good to hear. It's better than fighting against the food. It's gonna, you know, cost you an arm and a leg, but that's the price you have to pay.
1: It's fine. I'd rather be healthy. And uh we think he said daddy, finally.
0: Hey, that's cool. We
1: think so. It's yeah. really hard to gauge because it's not coming out super clear. Mm-hmm. And it's like a bit sporadic, like when he says it. But yeah. we're pretty sure it's like he's saying daddy.
0: Yeah, that's nice. Was it a one-time thing? Did you get another one out of him?
1: Uh, not back-to-back, but like in different instances, he's said it. So... He, he doesn't repeat stuff or he doesn't like still copy or anything, but he mm-hmm. did say those things. Yeah.
0: Cool. It uh, could yep. be the floodgates are about to open. He'll like he will feel like he. it could be. He's got a new superpower. Yeah. And he just yeah. goes for it. Get so. him into some
1: Toastmasters classes soon and uh, <laughs> on his way to some speeches. We'll, yeah. we'll see.
0: Look up those <laughs> Miss Rachel Toastmaster episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Get some mileage out of them. Um, Exactly. Cool. Well, I have very little for Nico. Uh, It's been not too eventful of a couple of weeks. He is going to turn two before the next episode, so that's coming. Mm. Um, But uh, I would say the most interesting thing developmentally that I noticed is now he's coming up with words and things that I don't specifically remember teaching him or him having encountered before. So Mm, it's that kind of thing where the kid's a sponge and maybe he heard it in passing once and then now it's part of his vocabulary. But this morning we woke up and uh, in the bed, he like looked at me and the first thing out of his mouth was soccer ball, soccer ball. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we're a strict no soccer household. There's no soccer that goes on. But a few days ago, I I picked him up from daycare. And I thought, you know, it would be nice, actually, if we had a soccer ball in the car because we could go to a park and then he could just kick it around and that could be fun. Just a fun little thing to play with. And I think I said like, yeah, we should get you a soccer ball and then we can play it. And I said it like just that once in passing, uh, and then, like this morning, he, that's the first thing on his mind. He wants that soccer ball. And I don't yeah. know if he knows what it is, but he's he's bringing it up. But then the other thing is there are a few songs that we sing or whatever And he chimes in with certain lyrics, like he's in the beastie boys, you know, like every (laughs) fifth word or 10th word or whatever. He just like jumps on and says the word. And I'm like, how do you know? And you're talking about like two minutes deep into a song. He knows he's still knowing words that are coming, so he's kind of got like a familiarity with the whole song and and words that That's are good like coming up so it's nice, but it just blows my mind because he went from like not really doing that to suddenly doing that well for a whole song and it's hmm. like he's he's come online and he's uh especially with songs he's trying to sing a bit more, and he's getting a lot better at it and it's the kind of, it's like he's on steroids. It's like growth that I would not have anticipated him being capable of. But I Very think that's cool. the, you know, standard toddler thing is they're just yeah. learning so much all the time.
1: Yeah. You don't know when it's going to click or not. And then suddenly yeah. you're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Smarty okay. pants. Um, um, so interesting. I mean, we're two Americans and you mentioned soccer. Yeah. But we have several British friends mm-hmm. who use the term football. So I didn't want to confuse them. So yeah. I wanted to say, like, we're talking about football. Okay. Good. For our British <laughs> listeners, there's something,
0: our British listeners. Soccer, and, um, there's something called soccer. And there's <laughs> something called soccer. Yeah. Uh, the aforementioned Joe, he explained it to me <laughs> that soccer was actually British to begin with. And it's in a brief the original name. Yeah, it's an abbreviation of the word the word association, I guess, and then the associate that part of it became soccer in slang. And uh like, oh, you know, interesting. they they call soccer like I guess association football or maybe that's a league, I don't know how it works. I I don't follow that filthy sport. But um they <laughs> uh they abbreviate the association down to soccer at least in the old days and then somehow that caught on in the US, did not catch on in England. So the Brits have only themselves to thank for muddying the waters between football and soccer.
1: Hmm. Add it to their list of failures. (laughs) Just just kidding. (laughs) Add it to
0: their list of things to feel guilty about. Oh, you, you Brits. Okay. Well, enough (laughs) Brit bashing. Uh, (laughs) We've thoroughly buried the lead here, but there's news to (sighs) report. Hmm. And the news to report is that there's going to be a fourth J-pop baby in the stable. What? And it's not you and Moe. I know no, you were sir. thinking. <laughs> you're thinking it must have been Moe, but no. I know it's like, time. is this my surprise? <laughs> yeah, this time it's a Yumi and me, and we're going to wow. have the second baby. And uh, and
1: you know the gender?
0: Yes, yes. Um, It is. Oh, everybody, I can sense the excitement from the listeners now. They're on the edge of their seats. (laughs) Uh, I thought, I I actually (laughs) don't know. (laughs) I thought, like, you know, both of us are American. We both have Japanese wives. We both live in Japan. We both went through IVF. Our wives work together. We do this podcast together. And then we both had boys, like, within a couple months of each other. And then you had a girl. So I thought, well, it has to be a girl. So of course, it's a boy, my friend. Uh, this yeah. is where we part <laughs> ways finally. <laughs> but uh we're going to have the um we're going to have a house full of boys, a little boy army. Oh over wow. Place. Um it's it's going to be wild. But uh so this yeah. uh for you
1: guys, this isn't an accident then. Number 2, this is a planned number 2.
0: Yes, we um went through the IVF again, um, we had still, uh, I say eggs, but it's more like a zygote or a fertilized egg. We still had, uh, maybe Mm. five of those left over from the first, the very first original batch, you know? Oh, okay. Um, and as we talked about in years past, Nico was the product of the sixth round of IVF. So, right. Uh, we did five that either didn't take or resulted in miscarriage. And then finally, Nico was the sixth. Mm. Then I think in June, we did a uh, seventh round. And it was the process of starting in June, but you know, it's like June. Okay. Then July, then it's August. And the, it always takes right. a long time to get through the steps. And in the end, it just didn't take, uh, like there was no result. And so then we went for the eighth round uh, the thing that the eighth round has in common with the sixth round, those are the two that led to the pregnancies for us. Those are the only two rounds where we did a double implantation. So oh, you, okay. instead of just putting in the one fertilized egg, you put in two. Um, and uh, I don't know what the regulations are. I don't know what the, um, like internationally, how this goes, but in Japan in general, they want you to only do one and then... In extenuating circumstances, they'll let you try a double. And right. those extenuating circumstances are that you've tried a single for a long time and it hasn't worked. Uh, in our case, that was five yeah. times in a row. And then uh, which, you know, is like a year and a half, two years or something. And then the other extenuating circumstance is the age of the mother if you're getting up to the right you know, or near say even 35, I think is considered a geriatric pregnancy. So if you're in that age range and, uh, my wife and I are both now 40. So in both instances, we were like well past 35. So we had tried a bunch with failures and then we had, uh, the age and the doctor was like, yep. Okay. We can go for a double. Uh, and you, you also need the fertilized eggs to be at exactly the same uh, place in terms of their development. Like it's a, you know, a day three Mm. fertilized egg that's been dividing for three days and then was frozen. You've got to put that in alongside another day three. If you're going to put them in at the same time, I think you can put in a one and then let it multiply for two more days and then go back to the doctor and then put in a three, but then Mm. you have to pay for two procedures and the price starts to get a little unwieldy. Um, but if you have two that are exactly at the same stage, uh, in terms of their division, then you can go ahead and try the double. And if your doctor signs off Mm. on it, um, I think the, um, the reason they don't like to do a double is because of course it increases the chances of twins and twins are just slightly more, uh, dangerous. There's a little bit more caution you have to take, uh, when you're pregnant with twins. So Mm. from an ethical standpoint, I think they view it as better to proceed with the single, if at all possible, and then yeah. to like stave off the double if, uh, if you can help it, but you know, extenuating circumstances, then you might try it. So ours is not going to be a twin. It's just a single one baby in there, but it was a double implantation.
1: This, uh, this makes me wonder, like those people who have like quadruplets, are they yeah. just getting like four eggs stuck at once?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, Octomom was the famous one in the US like 10, 12, 13 years ago. And I think her doctor implanted like a huge number of embryos. And I believe he went to jail after that. I think he was like, uh, went through the court system for malpractice for like implanting like way too many embryos. Um, That seems crazy dangerous. Yeah, or at the very least he lost his medical license, but I think he was found guilty of some in some criminal proceeding. So yeah, they're really um, you know, you don't want to go like too extreme with it, uh, of course. And even two is kind of a touchy subject in Japan, but they will allow yeah. it eventually. Hmm. So that's how we got here. So I do recommend the double. I mean, based on my own personal, like very limited experience, that's been the only thing that's worked for us.
1: Right. My- My understanding was Ayumi had to, like, kind of push a little bit this time to get the doctor to do it, though.
0: Yeah, you have to, um, uh, if the doctor doesn't give it to you as an option, I mean, I can't remember, you know, I'm not present at a lot of these meetings, uh, so I don't know exactly what's going on. But uh, I'm not sure who brought it up first, but I do know that it, it wouldn't have happened if we weren't in favor of it and then kind of requesting it. Um, Okay, so yeah, I I don't think the doctor would have pushed a couple into doing a double when they only wanted to do a single. In other words, like you kind of have to be on the side of wanting to do it, to pull it that direction. But you,
1: but you can, like, if you're more insistent, like they will.
0: Yeah. I think so. It's strangely, it's one of those negotiable, negotiable areas of, uh, healthcare. You know, usually there's just like a, this medicine is good for you. Take it. But in this case, it's. Yeah, it is something you can discuss and massage a little bit. Gotcha. But, um, yeah, the due date is uh, a Japanese holiday, and that is Hanabata, which is July 7th. Oh, okay. It's like the lucky nice. day, 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, however, as you know, if they do one C-section, they like to continue yep. doing C-sections. So, Nico was a C-section. That means they'll probably play in this one that way, and... A C-section is usually like two or so weeks before the due date. So, uh, right. I anticipate like, uh, you know, say June 20, something that will be in there. Maybe nice. Get another Gemini going. Yeah. And another, uh, another June birthday to add to the pile. That's my wife and me and you, mm. all three of us right there in and June. Joe, right? And Joe, how dare I forget Joe? Yeah, he's he's in there Joe. too. Oh man. Poor Joe. Uh he's getting a lot of references this this episode, but he's getting a lot of short shrift too. Poor guy. <laughs> We're forgetting you, ragging on your country. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Everything. Our apology. Um yeah, so probably another June birthday. Uh and yeah, it's exciting. We're gonna do more parental leave, of course, and mm, all that's of in course. our future. So it's all being hammered out now. Uh, you know, when I did parental leave last time, I had someone who worked kind of with our office, like negotiated all for me with the HR of our school. But, um, since that time, that person has moved to a different department. So, uh, uh, just earlier this week, I just marched into the HR office. And nice. I was like, we're doing this in Japanese, ladies and gentlemen, I'm oh, going to negotiate my own childcare leave. <laughs> so I may not get any at all. It might not, I might've said all the stupidest backwards things and they didn't understand it, but I went in there and I told them, uh, we're going to have a baby and, uh, I want to do the childcare leave. And they were like, oh yeah, yeah, fine. And I thought they were going to hand over paperwork to me to like take home and have my wife do, but in Seattle. Yeah. They ushered me to a conference room and then they brought in more staff and then it was what? like it was like yeah we're going to hammer this out right now and uh oh, I didn't I didn't have to fill it all out but they were like wanting to know key dates and all this stuff that I didn't have the vocabulary for but uh. as I, as I've always done in Japanese I just try to imagine what they're asking and then I answer that question <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> they asked me a question and then I thought like, well, the only logical thing for them to be asking right now is when's the due date. So I'm going right. to tell them what the due date is. And if they appear to be happy, I'll know that I got it right. <laughs> and yeah. it worked. So then nice. I, I did that a couple of times. I hit a couple of stone walls, but then I just said, well, I'm going to consult with my wife. And then I, I, I got the paperwork and took it home. So oh, okay. that, I, I felt really proud afterward that I at least that they know that we're having a baby. And that I received blank paperwork. That's a, a huge your N, accomplishment. Your N4 is paying off. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I I consider myself to have an unrecognized N3. By the way, I will take no substitutions. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. So I yeah it, that's how it's gonna go. We're gonna have that baby this spring or summer. Very cool. Yeah, another little boy. Now we're on congratulations. If I didn't say son. it already. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, Oh, one other kind of interesting thing is that this kind of repaints the whole earthquake story from like earlier this month, because Mm. we knew that my wife was pregnant through the whole earthquake and everything. Um, And we were uh, we were actually fine. You know, what do they say? Like you can tell people that you're going to have a baby at like nine weeks or 10 weeks or something. Yeah. Right around that area like nine to twelve weeks is when people start to feel safe to tell and the we looked at the date and we realized oh it's christmas day is basically the day that we could start telling people uh but as we mentioned a couple episodes ago my sister had a baby on december 23rd so uh we thought well christmas is we can tell but like we don't want to like somebody just had a baby and then we step on their baby (laughs) with our own baby news you know Right. So we thought like let's just sit on it for a while and then like uh it doesn't seem right to like announce a new baby when somebody's having one. So we thought let's give it like a week or two. And then a week later it was the earthquake and then we were in the shelter. <laughs> so then uh, every everything we had to tell our families became about earthquake stuff. Uh and that sort of took over our lives for a few weeks. So we really 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 delayed telling anybody about this this mm. kid. We could have been talking about it like a month ago. But it's just the timing never worked. And then um, we also thought on January 1st, right after the earthquake hit, my wife and I discussed, like, we need to probably tell her parents, like, go ahead and tell them because they were in the shelter with us. And we thought, like, if there's decision making to be done about food or where somebody goes when or, you know, leaving the shelter, all that, it would be nice for everyone to know that she's pregnant uh, when Mm. thinking about those things. But then there was so much stress already and a lot of tension because of the earthquake itself. And I think Ayumi's parents who were in their sixties were quite nervous just because of the earthquake. Uh, We didn't Hmm. want to add to it. So we sat on it all through the the, uh, shelter time. And then like a week later, once we were back home and things were more settled then we finally started breaking the news to everybody, but it was a very weird like pregnancy and then telling um, everyone and, and all that it was yeah. uh, delayed and very strange and uh, we were glad to get through the earthquake without any like you know if a had gone into real panic or something mm. then it could have affected the, the pregnancy so no, that didn't happen she was cool and uh, you know pretty much on an even keel throughout so yeah no ill effects and we've had appointments since then and everything seems to be fine mm, that's good yeah
1: but, yeah, I'd be uh, worried about the stress of going through that and how yeah. the baby would be
0: after that, but it's yeah. good to hear that everything went okay. Yeah, she was worried, um, but just kind of theoretically worried, you know, she didn't feel bad yeah. and she didn't, um uh like, basically she didn't have any physical sense that anything was going wrong. Um, right. But then, I don't think I told this story on the podcast, I wrote about it in the newspaper, but uh there was... A pregnant woman in our shelter with us uh oh really yeah she was six months no i didn't know oh yeah and uh like it was very you know trying times and to cut the long story short she uh had the flu and she was six months pregnant and she was in in a shelter in our shelter like our one room shelter yeah (laughs) and then uh she was feeling horrible like with like aches and feeling really cold we had no power no running water and uh she was like laid out on some uh you know on some mats and undercovers like through the day on january 2nd and uh she she had another daughter who was like kindergarten age and then that daughter was like crying a lot because her mom was in such a bad state and everybody was so worried and everything so that daughter was kind of breaking down like sniffling crying for a while um and so um it was very sad and then there was also the grandmother the pregnant lady's mother was there so the grandmother said like okay we're just going to call for an ambulance and see if we can get you moved into a hospital for one we're worried about the pregnancy because you're having this untreated flu and then yeah uh, secondly we're worried about giving the other 16 people in this one room the flu like while they're right. Right, <laughs> sheltering so then uh they called the ambulance or they called the hospital and it was like call after call after call. There was still some cell phone coverage this time. And uh, the calls were dropping, but they would call back and call back. And then finally the hospital said like, we just can't send an ambulance. Like we've yeah looked at it and talked about it, but the roads are just too bad. So there is no ambulance. So um, we felt bad for them, but then we were also worried like, if anything goes wrong with Yumi's pregnancy, if she starts to feel bad, we literally can't go to a hospital. So that right. was kind of the... <laughs> Another looming worry, but again, it was just in theory, you know, we were just kind of aware of it, but it wasn't, we weren't face to face with it. So it wasn't that Mm -hmm. bad, but, um, yeah, there was some real background tension at the old shelter, uh, (laughs) but it it all turned out fine. Yeah. Anyway, decisions, decisions, decisions. We were thinking about a lot of things. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Anyhow, it's all, uh, much more positive than that now that's good
1: that's good any uh any updates on the old freed
0: oh yeah yeah the freed came back to us did you know this
1: oh nice
0: yeah we um uh we told that it was on january 10th they said they smoothed out the mountain road enough that they could get the freed down to a shelter but then right uh you couldn't still drive up to noto at that time and i don't think you're still advised to like it you shouldn't go up no so um and if we went up to get our car it would mean like driving one car up and then turning around and caravanning two cars back for basically no helpful reason um and then also you can't drive up and back in one day because like uh a couple of weeks ago the roads were still closed at night and you would have to go oh. up for many hours and then stay in a shelter that night and then come back with the two cars. So we're like, we'll, we'll just wait until things are a bit easier. Yeah. And then we also told the shelter, if anybody up there needs a one way trip to Kanazawa, they can take our car. And when they get here, we'll just meet up with them and get it back. And so hmm. then on January 21st, um, there was a dude who needed a one way trip to Kanazawa. Uh, he is a noto resident and his garage collapsed onto his two cars and just crushed right. him and t- totaled them. And so um he wanted he was in his 60s and then he and his two adult kids i think in their 30s uh he wanted to come to Kanazawa and go car shopping. So uh he heard through word of mouth oh there's a car available and uh he and his two kids hopped in the Freed they drove it down They kept it for the weekend in Kanazawa and then went car shopping to dealerships. Oh, Uh, nice. They bought a car and then uh, eventually worked it out. They dropped our car off at Yumi's parents' house and then they proceeded on up to Noto. So um, it was good. I was glad that the Freed turned out to be helpful rather than just kind of in the way or clogging up the roads slightly, trying to just get it back down to Kanazawa. But it was actually like somebody needed it to accomplish something. That's good. Yeah, so we have no issues back. with it. No, it's all fine. Yeah, I mean, it's 100%. Like, our house is 100% fine, free, freed 100% fine. Um, hmm. We didn't have a scratch on us. Uh, but we heard, like, from a couple of different sources that the road we were on, like, just up ahead, it totally fell off the mountain. And then another guy told us that, um, Damn. you know, like, even today, there are still, like, I think it's, like, 19 people missing from the yeah. earthquake and some of those missing people were ahead of us on that same road and it's from really? where the, yeah where the road just totally vanished and i don't know if it was they were in cars on the road if, or if it was a house on the edge of that road too that that landslid oh, down wow. or something but there are literally missing people to this day from uh just i don't know how many minutes ahead of the direction we were driving that's so, crazy. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's like a knife's edge between the worst possible scenario yeah. and then the best possible scenario of, like, not a scratch on anybody and the car and the house are fine and Yeah, we're back. No kidding. You know. Damn. Pretty crazy stuff. Just chance. Yeah. I'd feel
1: pretty lucky after that ordeal.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, we... In the end, it feels like we were just on like a weird disaster vacation or something. Is we didn't have any ill effects, you know, long term.
1: You know, I feel like that's a up and coming
0: vacation trend in America. <laughs>
1: I be. wouldn't be surprised if we start getting some people trying to
0: book that stuff. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it could be like uh, to do everything else. I mean, there's retreats yeah. for everything else, so you might as well have a disaster yeah. retreat. Yeah,
1: I mean. I'm not even joking. I could totally <laughs> yeah. see people trying to book this like, yeah. oh, okay, let's go on this terrorist holiday.
0: They'll just hold us for five days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think that exists. I think I've seen that before. Um, but there was a, uh, uh, an episode of idiot abroad with Ricky, the Ricky Gervais show with Carl Pilkington, the British travel show. Oh, yeah. And I think he was in Israel and they had him kidnapped. And then he went through this like terrorist oh, experience. Or <laughs> but, um, I, th- I was thinking about it like you could rig up a building or like a room to shake and it's like, yeah, you stay in the room for two minutes while it shakes and you're, but you'll be safe. It's fine. And then we'll take you to a shelter and we'll feed you sparingly. Right. You'll have to rough it with no electricity right. or water. Like that could be, yeah, call it the disaster experience. It would be very, uh, not PC, <laughs> very not cool. No, people no, paying thousands not. of dollars to live the refugee life but I think it yeah, would this actually sounds be
1: successful. Like, this sounds like a like a premise for a movie. Now that I'm yeah. hearing you say stuff, it's like somebody goes on a disaster vacation, but then the actual disaster,
0: the disaster happens, happens, and yeah. they
1: still think they're on vacation. Oh,
0: yeah. man. The movie it's script like right writes itself.
1: It's like a national
0: lampoon. Let's get ChatGPT on it. We'll have a script ready by lunchtime.
1: I want to watch this movie now, so maybe yeah. I will have them, right? Yeah, me too. <laughs> We'll see what Polly Shore is doing.
0: He'll do <laughs> get Polly Shore on it. <laughs> Wasn't this the Amy Sh- the Amy Schumer Goldie Hawn movie? Might have been something like this from a few years ago. Anyway, look it up. I can't oh, remember really? the details. Yeah. I have never watched a movie with those two together. So <laughs> yeah, there was one, and I, I think it was know. this. All right. Anyway, okay. again, fact check. Okay. Anybody else writes this movie, I want credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but give us both credit, please. <laughs> and about 100,000 apiece will be cool. Yes, please. <laughs> Okay, well, let's get on to the
1: segment in land and talk about some terrible twos.
0: Segment... Here we are in segments, in, Um, because Nico is about a week away from being two, and he's exhibiting a lot of signs of the terrible twos, I thought that would be a good topic. And mm. I thought I would kick off now with my explanation of the terrible twos. And sure, this is just as I have observed the kid kind of transitioning into it. Uh, I think it's that the kid is coming online in terms of specific wants, right? So the kid recognizes, right. I can get that food instead of this food, or I can ask for this TV show instead of that TV show. And uh, this is creating like ones that didn't exist before. So now there's like a whole like world of things that hmm. the kid is striving to get, but the kid isn't able to communicate them very well. And the kid can only yeah. express like a, a pretty big variety of negative emotions as crying and screaming. Right. So I think that's these are, are all the things that combine to make us think like, oh, well, when a kid turns two, they just turn mm-hmm. into a, a terrible mess. But it's actually like kind of a confluence of they they want a lot of stuff and they want it a certain way. They can't communicate it. And they still don't have the skills to like take frustration and express it in a different way than just screaming or to take a little right. bit of sadness and express it in a way that's not just screaming, you know? So can I my,
1: interject for a second? Yes, please do. And, and kind of step back. Because mm-hmm. uh, like one of the things I wanted to point out was that Terrible Twos is kind of like this, um, what is that, a misnomer? Uh yeah. It's actually like a Terrible One until maybe four. Yeah. For some kids. Yeah. So there's a whole range of times, but it primarily happens when the kid's two. That's like the peak and when it mostly happens. And then I found a Japanese website that goes into this. Interestingly, from a very scientific standpoint of view, Mm -hmm. and it kind of covers what you were saying, but it says it's because like the kid's prefrontal cortex isn't developed enough yet to get a lot of that like emotion control and judgment Mm -hmm. and things that you need for like patients to really come online. So I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There must be, as you say, like just literal physical differences in the brain where it's it's not where it would need to be to yeah. process this or that uh yeah but it is where it needs to be to for them to want things and then that must yes. be a, a crappy place to be it's kind of like yes. us trying to speak japanese like I, <laughs> I want this thing i have no way to tell you that i want this thing <laughs> And I'm gonna <laughs> cry now, <laughs> and that's pretty. So my much
1: entire it. time in Japan is just the terrible twos. It's a really late onset
0: terrible twos that we're experiencing, I think. <laughs> um, but uh, WebMD has an article. They ex- they say that terrible twos expresses itself as screaming, temper tantrums, kicking, and biting, fighting, mm. uh, fighting with siblings, and total meltdowns. Uh, and I would say that yes. Nick- Nico's doing this, but it's not, he doesn't kick and he doesn't bite and, uh, he hits, but it's not like with a lot of enthusiasm. It's not like repeated blows to the head or anything. Sometimes he'll slap at something, but it's not a big deal. Uh, he doesn't yet have a sibling to fight with. And total meltdowns, I don't know, because for me, picturing a meltdown, it's like something that goes on for an hour or something and just the kid is not recoverable. But Nico is still young enough that he can get distracted within a minute or two if you know what to do and you know, get him onto something else. Right. So he definitely has a lot more will and he screams and cries a lot more about things that I just can't understand that why he's screaming and crying about them, but it right. generally doesn't last all day. So he's I've
1: noticed with Coda that a lot of those screaming and cryings have an underlying reason. Yeah. And at least for Coda, it's like pretty easy to figure out like what the reason is. And lately it's been I'm hungry. Yeah. Or I want to go play upstairs. Mm -hmm. So there's usually like something that's obvious.
0: Yeah. I think um, the specificity is what kills me. Like Nico wants something like a, a very, very particular way but there's no oh, way yeah. he, he can express it. And there's no way I can guess like the crazy series of yeah. factors that he wants to all line up. But uh, just last night he, you know, we went to bed and I had the book that he wanted to read and I turned the light on the way we turned the light on. And then I laid down like we always do. And it was just screaming. And then I could <laughs> tell he was, he was pointing to the other side of the bed and I was like, Oh, okay. He wants me to lay down on the other side of the bed So I laid down over there and it was just screaming and I was like, okay, maybe he wants me in the middle of the bed. So I moved to the middle and it was screaming (laughs) and I was like, well, and I could tell he was gesturing to try and move us around, but I couldn't figure out the configuration of us two that would make him not scream anymore. So in the end, I was like, I'm just going to read the book, man. And you're just going to have to chill. Like I can't do anything else. So, but he did chill after three or four minutes and he started getting into the book. It was fine. But, uh, I just couldn't mm. crack the code. Interesting. Wonder what he wanted. Yeah, I have no idea. <clears throat> Maybe I was like laying back too much and he wanted me to sit up more or something. but like there's just <laughs> too many variables, and I couldn't figure it out. So then huh. at that point, you also as a parent, you have to figure out like, when do I stop trying to accommodate this kid? And when do I just say, right. like, you know what? This isn't a big deal. Can you get over it? You know, like not that the kid's gonna understand that, but I think that there's value to a kid coming up against the wall and not getting over the wall and then seeing that the world didn't actually fall apart, you know, and then recovering right. from that as well. So I try to always straddle that line between like helping him out and giving him what he wants. But if it gets into like three or four iterations of he's just flipping mm. out about something where he's not in pain, he's not hungry, he's basically fine, then I stop trying to accommodate him because it's like I, we can't live our whole lives this way where you scream at me until like things are just so right. So that's, uh, I, but I end up feeling guilty on one side or the other of it all the time. Yeah. It's real hard to leave a kid crying on the floor
1: and just walk away being like, okay, good luck, dude.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And then it's also hard to just continually like, so what did you want? What's going to make you feel better? And you know, once you do that 10 times in a row, you're like, is this just full on coddling? Is this like weakening him to some degree? So that's really hard to find that like middle line.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know when the coddling line is because I feel yeah. like sometimes I go over that line a bit and then sometimes I feel like I just give up
0: too early. Yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. nope, we're not doing this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. There's literally no right answer because you can't decipher what the kid wants and he can't even tell yeah. you after the fact. It's just that moment has passed and it's like, I hope I did it basically right. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. There are um, a couple of tips that I, I got for the terrible twos. I mean, ultimately, you're going to always run into the communication problems and you're going to run into like the kid trying to stake out his own independence and sense of self. And there's like no way to really get around that other than to deal with the growing pains of it. But a couple of things. Uh, one is that routine is good, as they say, mm. so that you build into the kid, yeah. even subconsciously, just an expectation of what's going to happen in a given day. So that they're then not like their expectations don't go wildly in the wrong direction. Um, Another really big with like finding a routine and trying to stick with it because I feel
1: like it's it's really important for the kid.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Another thing that is recommended is to avoid turning things into a battle, and Mm. this is one of those things where uh, it is that same question that we just talked about, but like you know the classic thing of like the kid in school with the nun, with the ruler and the kid's like, I don't want to eat these peas. And the nun's like, you're going to eat those peas. And then there's the face off, you know? And then, uh, how do you let the kids sit there for hours, not eating the peas to teach them a lesson? Or do you say like, you know what? Not everybody likes peas. Just get the hell out of here. Like, when do you decide to, to relent? So, um, it was interesting to me that WebMD said, avoid turning things into a battle. Like their example was don't force them to eat everything on their plate, but, what you can do is if they've rejected a food again and again, just keep presenting them with that food until eventually they feel like they've warmed up to it or they've tried it on their own, like of their own volition. And uh I find with food it's best to do the opposite of that. Oh yeah. To force him.
1: Like if well for Coda especially, like if he's starting to reject something or not eat it, mm-hmm. then we just don't give it back to him we don't show it to him the next time we eat we don't uh-huh. put it on the plate for a couple days mm-hmm. and then maybe after like a week or so we put it back uh-huh. and at that point he tends to start eating it again oh yeah
0: like he gets a like oh i remember this and he's interested yeah in it. exactly
1: yeah yeah because i don't want to create any kind of like food complex with him yeah. Where he feels like he was forced to eat something and then he's gonna hate this thing for the rest of his life. Yeah. Or he only wants to eat fried chicken because mm-hmm. that's the only thing he likes. Or, you know, something like that. So yeah. I think I feel like it's best to keep food kind of fluid and always changing.
0: Yeah. I think the WebMD, they I don't know what this is based on, but um their article said that uh, you know, sometimes a kid might see something 10 times and on the 10th time he decides like, Oh, I'll try it now. Like once he's gotten used to it in terms of just seeing Mm. it over and over, then it psychologically becomes like, Oh, well that's part of the meal and then just start to eat it. So I don't know if that's like research based or anecdotal or whatever, but they're saying like, Mm. you know, you could present it over and over and then just not be bothered that the kid doesn't touch it because eventually he might get into it. So um, it's probably something to experiment with if you have kids that age.
1: Man, you really got to have that food on hand a lot if you're going to be trying that and then wasting it. Like... Yeah, (laughs) yeah. The only thing I can think of in Japan would be, like, rice. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, eventually you're going to eat rice. Yeah, you will eat rice. Every (laughs) meal.
0: For us, like, after Nico's done eating, then it's usually me, I just scarf everything left on his plate uh, just to get it out of there. Unless it's going to keep... Not me. Oh, yeah. Uh, We'll sometimes put it in the fridge, but... um, usually i'll just polish off the rest of his meal so like if they're i can't
1: use spoons that anybody else has
0: touched (laughs) or any silverware you psychopath (laughs) that's probably good to keep they say that you shouldn't actually share silverware with a young young kid because you're introducing your adult mouth bacteria into i was thinking the other way but that makes sense too yeah they say that um uh, this is legitimately, I mean, uh, allegedly, I'll use the word allegedly true, that, um, like, if you have a lot of cavities, then there's some, like, bacterial, you know, balance in your mouth that contributes oh. to that. And then you can, like, pass that on to a kid. So, if, you're the, if you're the type that, uh, I've I've heard that from a couple of places, and then I was, like, I was dubious, so I looked it up, and then mm. I had it kind of verified as I was reading about it. I don't know if it's, like, hmm. thoroughly scientifically proven or not but um they do say the general consensus is don't um you know use the same toothbrush or pass the spoon from the adult's mouth to the child's or whatever so right. your instinct is correct although you don't want his dirty bacteria in your mouth that sounds like anybody's anybody's <laughs> yeah yeah none of it just keep it away <laughs> all right note to self I was gonna try to share some cake with you this weekend using the same fork. Uh, no, it won't a little happen. Okay. All right. Never <laughs> mind. i uh... Good that we hit it off at the pass. <laughs> Thank so you for I... thinking of me, though. <laughs> so I guess the one, or I guess the two crazy straws in the milkshake—that's not going to work either.
1: Ah, uh, no, no. I mean, I'm definitely against sharing a straw. Yeah. But then sharing a drink that gets like backwash in it. No, no, I'm not doing that.
0: Okay. Well, I'll have to find some other way to uh,
1: instigate <laughs> getting my your
0: germs in me. <laughs> yeah, instigate <laughs> my romantic <laughs> intentions. Uh, anyway, uh, it's good to know. I like chocolate. Okay. Okay. Well, Lady <laughs> and the Tramp some chocolate, then that'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> um, I think that about covers it for me on terrible twos. Do you anything else there?
1: Uh, yeah, I got a couple more. How to Deal with Terrible Twos. Mine are from the What to Expect site, mm-hmm. not the book.
0: I haven't actually picked up that book in a very long time now. Me neither. It was the most <clears> important <throat> thing in my life for like six months. Yeah. And now I've just, I've forgotten that it exists. That's crazy. Yeah,
1: but I go to the site regularly because, okay. you know, whenever I'm searching stuff, they pop up. And they had a pretty good amount of info for here, for this topic as well. Uh, one thing they say is to give your your toddler, a lot of choices Mm. and, um, you know, not just have one thing on the plate, but like Mm. have like a couple different things of different colors and textures. So, you know, if they're not feeling it one day, maybe they're just like, Oh, I don't want eggs right now, but you know, that bread's looking great. They have the option to kind of choose what they'll eat and not.
0: Yeah. And that's Um, a good good way for them to express some individuality as well. Like making choices, like they have control over it yeah that leads
1: to the next one which is let them let them have some independence Mm because that's really what they want that's what a lot of the terrible twos are about them kind of trying to exert some independence Mm -hmm. um and then the other one was uh how to deal with it is keep calm oh yeah you know don't overreact because then they'll continue to react as well yeah And I found this a lot. Like if I get too worked up and Coda's seeing that, then he tends to maintain his frustration level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense that they'll kind of, you know, if somebody else is flipping out, then that's going to push them further. And then the
1: last thing Mm -hmm. they say is um, try to catch them being good and not just call them out when they're being terrible. You know, it's like, oh, you know, reward the good times as much as you punish the bad times, I guess. Mm, yeah. So they know when, what a good, I guess a good action would be.
0: Yeah. Uh. Does it specify there if that's just like verbal praise or if you try and work in some other reward system or do you have any sense of that? Keeps it very vague. Okay. says Catch them being good. Yeah. Cause I often, you know, say to Nico like, Oh, that's awesome, man. Or that's a really good job. Or we're proud of you for doing that or something. Mm. Uh, but then i wonder if that's registering with him aside from all the other stuff that i just randomly say yeah i wonder but uh maybe yeah hopefully or at least it'll catch on eventually Mm. that's all i got though
1: for terrible twos it's uh it's a trying period
0: yeah absolutely well, let's uh, get on over to... Uh, what do you say there? Japati? Japati. Let's uh, sit on it. Here we are. Sit on this it. One,
1: this one I got. Um, and only because the topic ties directly to it. And uh, the word is iya <laughs> Every time I hear this, I think of a song. And if you heard it, you then... Yeah, you know what I mean.
0: Yucky, yucky.
1: (laughs) I'm not gonna sing because I don't sing. But well done, (laughs) Justin. Thank you. Thank
0: you. (laughs) I could be a viral star. I'm the next Numa Numa guy. (laughs) Is it Numa Numa? That's what the guy's called. the The dude who is dancing and singing that he's the Numa Numa guy. I think. Oh, okay.
1: Uh, Yeah. So. Ia-ya-ki is uh, basically terrible twos, but in Japanese it means uh, the no-no period. Basically, mm-hmm. the kids just saying no all the time to everything, and it's like their troublesome time. Ia is the the short for no, mm-hmm. and ki just means period, so it's no-no period.
0: Now, was the no-no period before or after the Edo period? I can't.
1: It's right after the Jomon period.
0: I think, okay, good. <laughs> just trying to line it up, um yeah, yeah, the no, no period that makes sense, and then did they give an age on that, or uh uh no, they they don't specify,
1: they just say it's a range from like uh one to three, okay, but uh, yeah, kind of leave it loose and say some kids experience it later.
0: I found uh just quickly, this is like a top Google result when you search for uh <clears throat> ya uh, there's a, a magazine apparently called the Taiyo magazine and uh, oh they, yeah, they've published something on this. And it says um, in Japanese, of course, it says uh, children at this stage respond no to what their parents say. Uh, so they are sometimes referred to as the uh, rebellious period or the devil's two-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so it's, yeah, these are the devil's two-year-olds that we've got
1: here. What is the? Hold on a second. I have that one as well. Devil's two-year-olds. And what is that? I'm gonna Google Translate that really fast. That is ma no ni saiji, ni saiji. Okay, so ma no ni saiji. I guess ma is
0: devil. Is it? I don't know. I was I was thinking That's, of uh, ona. Is that it? No, no, no. What's I? I don't know. Yeah, should, ma
1: ma is devil.
0: Oh okay yeah well, we should we should cut all this for our embarrassing lack of japanese
1: oh no i'm gonna leave it in <laughs> right i'm barely gonna edit this episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the mark harris promise
1: that's the mark harris way all right well that's all i got for uh
0: Chipot D. man on the devil's two-year-old uh i oh, didn't the didn't What is his name? Kavanaugh? Didn't he get in trouble for the devil's two-year-old? I can't remember the details. Let's go on to (laughs) McQuiffy. So, my question for you is, you recently went from uh, parental leave to being back at work. Mm. That was in January, right? Or December? That was January. Yep. Okay. So, obviously you're spending a lot of your hours of the day at work that you didn't used to have to. So that means that's a massive change. So what did you, what changed in your life at that time in that transition, or what did you have to like give up, you know, before to after the uh, parental leave?
1: Oh man. Yeah. It's, um, it's still an ongoing process. The pros and cons of having a remote job that are fairly flexible. Mm-hmm. Means that I can kind of start when I need to and end when I need to and then pick back up. So, <clears throat> yeah, what did I drop? I stopped watching Emma so much during the day. That was mm-hmm. a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's primarily just Moe in the other room. But I'll still go over and help. And then, like, if things come up, I'll, I'll still run errands and whatnot. So, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Because I was always trying, even before this, I was trying to, like, use this time a little bit to study or, um yeah, try to get back into work a bit. And then once work really started up, then I was just kind of not fully just, you know, shocked with it. Yeah. Uh But I wouldn't say that
0: I've had to give anything up. Oh, yeah. So you didn't yeah. have, like, extra say, hobby time or even like watching TV time or anything, you were pretty much just full on busy with kids stuff, like, or responsibilities, yeah. in other words. What
1: is hobby time? What is, <laughs> what does that mean?
0: Yeah. And Coda was in daycare while you were on parental leave, right? Yeah, yeah. He's
1: been in daycare the whole time, except when he's sick, obviously, then he's yeah. home like yeah. last week. So that's always, that really always throws a wrench into things. And then- yeah. I started work he was off from daycare I think for like a week or so over that holiday period so then I started work right after he went back and so it kind of felt like there was a shift of like oh, okay going back to normal yeah okay Uh, yeah yeah, I think uh, you would you would be the one to speak to this eventually because you have like a strict like nine to five that you actually go to yeah Like my job's a a little much different, I guess.
0: Yeah. In my mind, like that nine to five or however many hours you work in the day, that's a chunk of your day that you don't get back, you know, where your productivity just falls off a cliff because you have to go to stupid work. And so (laughs) then it seems to me like if you inject that in, it's going to erase so much That you were doing during your parental leave time, but I guess your parental leave time, you're just so busy with kids anyway. Uh, Yeah. Of course, I'm talking about two kids. I did it all before with just the one kid. Um, Yeah. But Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I guess you've just got so many responsibilities on the plate. You're just sliding responsibilities left and right to make everything fit in.
1: Yeah, it just feels like a lot of shuffling all the time.
0: Yeah, rather than say like, well, I was watching a movie every day, but I can't do that anymore. It's not really that.
1: I haven't watched a full movie. <laughs> what was the
0: last movie I watched? I'll put like when
1: I'm feeding Emma, I'll put like TV shows on, mm-hmm. but it's never for like more than the duration of the bottle. Yeah. So it's like, I'm getting 10 minutes of something here and there, and then I'm going back to it. Mm-hmm. So I've watched like TV shows and stuff throughout, but they're, it always takes like 20 times longer and, yeah, i don't know of any movies i've actually sat we tried to watch yeah. the indiana jones movie when it came out and got 10
0: minutes in and that was it oh <laughs> wow cliffhanger
1: You've got yeah a lot
0: of, a lot of <laughs> plot left to get through um well the the fact that there was an indiana jones movie is news to me so i'm behind <laughs> that was even where you guys here sometime <laughs> oh god <laughs> way behind uh cool well Thank you for your insights there. It seems like you're in full parent mode no matter what happens. Mm, Basically,
1: you just have to steal your time. Mm, Yeah. From your other parent. Yeah. Good
0: call. (laughs) Uh, It's a devious shell game, parenting. That's right. You versus your spouse. Okay. Well, uh, let's get into those dad jokes. I've got. Mm, uh, I got two. I've got three of them, so I'll kick it okay. off here. Uh, a son Ooh. tells his father, I have an imaginary girlfriend. The father sighs and says, you know, you could do better. And then the son says, thanks, Dad. That means a lot. And the father shakes his head again and goes, I was talking to your girlfriend. <laughs> Burn. Man, that's Pretty quite exchange. <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> just... That's just verbal (laughs) abuse. Not not a joke at all. Yeah, it is. Jeez. Word. (laughs) Oh. All right. This
1: joke comes a little late, but it's still funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, my wife just completed a forty-week bodybuilding program. Now we've got a little boy running around. (laughs) That's
0: excellent. (laughs) Zing. That's very zing. Uh this one says yesterday I was washing the car with my son he said dad can't you just use a sponge <laughs> your hair's <is> so thick <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh
1: i got mugged by six dwarves last night mm-hmm. not happy
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic uh this last one says my dad died because he couldn't remember his blood type, he kept insisting we be positive. But it was—it's just so hard without. <laughs> I can't get through. <laughs> it's so dumb. Oh, it's so, so dumb. dumb. <laughs> he kept insisting we be positive, <laughs> just on his deathbed. Yeah. Oh boy, oh, poor guy.
1: <laughs> poor Nobody guy. ever paid attention to him. That's why. <laughs> <Sad. clears throat> Alright, where are we? Where are we? What are we doing? Alright, thank you for listening. We hope this week's episode was informative and interesting. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us by email at info at thejpops.com. Talk to you next time. Pizza time.